From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. It's Passover. Get ready for the plague of Bills. I'm Bill Curtis, and here is your host, watching old reruns of MacGyver just to remember what human touch looks like. Peter Sago. Thank you, Bill, and thanks everybody who is not at this moment inside this closet with me. And thanks once again to the audience at the Kennedy Center Honors Ceremony for Dolly Parton. You're all too kind. Not to her, to us. (laughs) Many of you are only venturing out from your closets to go cook, and you're probably tired of just making boxed mac and cheese and popcorn. So later on, we'll be talking to cooking guru Samin Nasrat, who can help you out, probably just by coming up with a fancy French name for mac and cheese with popcorn. But first, we want to hear how you're staying sane, and what better proof of that could there be than wanting to win the voice of a stranger for your own voicemail? Give us a call. The number is one wait wait That's one 924 Let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, uh, this is David Caudill from New Albany, Indiana. New Albany, Indiana. Now, where is that exactly? It's right across the river from Louisville, just across the bridge. Oh, I see. So so you can see Louisville from where you are. Yeah, I can see Kentucky from my house, just about. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what do you do there? Um, I'm a truck driver. Oh, you are. Um, a lot of our listeners are truck drivers. I like to think we keep you uh, we keep you company on the long uh, on the long hauls. Definitely, I've been listening. That's what I yeah. I listen to podcasts all day when I'm driving, and yours is usually the top of the list. Oh, that's great to hear. I I have a question. I've always wondered about. Do you guys sure. have a particular favorite kind of thing to haul, or is it all just one and the same to you? You back up your cab and haul whatever they have for you. For the most part, it's the same. I mean, what I do right now, I haul. I haul groceries, so it's pretty much the same basic thing every day, but I've hauled all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Oh, dude, you could you could pull over, open the doors, <laughs> and make a killing anytime you want. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, David. Let me introduce you to our panel this week. First up, it's a writer and producer for Desus and Mero on Showtime, whose essay collection, Nice Try, is out now. It's Josh Gondelman. Hello. Thank you. Next, a comedian who plays Tracy, the head of HR, on the very final season of Silicon Valley, now streaming for free at HBO.com. It's Helen Hong. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're too kind. And a writer and humorist who'll be appearing at the breakfast table in Boxers and Earbuds through May 1st. It's Tom Bodette. Hello, David. Hello, Tom. Well, welcome to the show, David. You're going to play Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis is going to read you three quotations from this week's news. If you can correctly identify or explain just two of them, you'll win our prize. Any voice from our show you might choose on your voicemail. Are you ready to go? Yes. All right, let's do it. Your first quote comes from a whole bunch of different people who are all crying out on Twitter. The quarantine 15 is real. They were all noticing that we're all doing a lot of what now that we're stuck at home. A lot of eating? Yes, David, yes. <laughs> what is worse than COVID-19? It's the COVID-15, meaning all the weight we're gaining from sitting around and eating all day. It's just like the freshman 15 from our first year in college, which makes sense, because just like then, we're stress eating because we can't understand what's going on. Plus, <laughs> we can't enjoy any of our usual pleasures, so we're all reduced to the two most basic ones, eating and then thinking about what you're going to eat next. 
Yeah, David, if you could just back that truck up to my house, <laughs> that would save a lot of time. Are you guys finding this to be a problem? Are you overeating since you're stuck at home? Oh, my God. All of my baggy sweatshirts are now just sweatshirts. Am I overeating? <laughs> no. I am into it still. I am still going. I'm overmoving. Um, it's not that I'm eating too much. I'm just eating all the wrong things. You know, I was like a vegan for two and a half years. And, you know, since we're all going to die anyway, yeah. I decided I'm going out in style and i've just been eating the same old way i always have and you know what they're not hoarding what is in ample supply at every grocery store you go to is reese's cups there's <laughs> lots of reese's cups and yeah. fun size snickers and somehow i've begun hoarding those <laughs> they keep I... in the freezer as it turns out you're going to be in demand come Halloween if we're still quarantined. Oh, God. <laughs> no, please. they'll be long gone, Josh. I think a lot of the women uh, might appreciate this. I haven't worn a bra for two weeks until today, and only because we're on a Zoom video call right now. And so I put on a bra for the first time in two weeks, and I had to add, like, a bra extender, <laughs> which you guys don't know, but it's when... Your boob fat just has expanded <laughs> to the point where you need to extend your bra with a little piece of fat. Ladies, you feel me, right? right. Ladies out there. It's like the top half <laughs> equivalent to like letting out your belt to the next notch. Yes. <laughs> it's, isn't Correct. it great that Zoom doesn't have a widescreen mode? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. Here is your next quote. I think you know the truth. Victory is impossible. That was somebody announcing that they were finally ending their campaign for president. Who was it? Uh, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, that's exactly right. America just wasn't ready for Bernie's extreme socialist ideas like sending every citizen a $1,200 check. This wasn't how Bernie wanted to end it. He had hoped to line up every single opponent he's ever had in his long campaigns and personally tell them, why they're all still wrong. <laughs> Even if he wasn't going to win, I liked having him in the race to push Biden left because I'm worried without that kind of direction, Biden might just wander off. So <laughs> <laughs> he's free to roam. <laughs> well, I, I live in Vermont, of course. This is, you know, Bernie country. And and it's it's telling. I mean, it's like the streets are empty. There's like nobody coming out of their out of their houses. All the stores are closed um it's it's really sad i mean there's been quite a reaction everybody just can't get the energy to go out i see so joe biden is now the presumptive democratic nominee which means he's now free to do all kinds of things like anything do something to be fair Mr. Biden has been trying to hold these virtual town halls, but they're basically like trying to FaceTime with your grandpa. You spend half an hour staring at the left half of his face while he yells, can you see me? <laughs> You're on mute, Mr. Vice President. Turn on your microphone. <laughs> oh, Bernie is like at home right now just being like, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force a horse to reject oligarchy. <laughs> All right. Here is your last quote. I'm so desperate I booed a cardinal sitting in a tree. That was a comment from a fan about how much he's missing what right now? Oh, um, I'm, I'm not sure. I didn't catch all that. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you a hint. He, he usually boos other kinds of cardinals. Other kinds of cardinals. 
Oh, uh, this is about uh, baseball? baseball? Yes, season? he's missing baseball. <laughs> All the sports in the world have been canceled, leaving people to do things like rewatch Tiger King, hoping in the second game the Tigers win. Without <laughs> sports to talk about, what are we doing with ourselves? People are being forced to ask their friends the deep questions they've never asked before, like, how are you? And what's your last name? <laughs> the good thing about baseball, though, is like, and, and this baseball season, is that so much of baseball is not baseball. It's just a lot of standing. So we're actually only like 15% away from baseball being played right now. It is true. It's like how your body is 70% water. Most of baseball is just not baseball. <laughs> it's just nothing. Baseball is considering playing all of their games for the whole season in Arizona in a sealed-off sports complex with no fans. No fans at all watching the games. That would be weird for everybody but the Miami Marlins. And, of course, I mean, it's just so sad, though. I mean, without Wrigley Field, for example, Cubs fans are going to be forced to pee on their own homes. <laughs> Other sports leagues are also trying to be creative. Dana White, the head of the UFC Mixed Martial Arts League, said he wanted to rent a private island and stage his fights there. That is not a business plan, but a 1976 Bruce Lee movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You don't go to an island to fight someone on fair footing. You go to an island to hunt them for sports. Exactly. Right, What's wrong right. with these people? This Dana White, you, you're like this close to inventing the most dangerous game, and I feel like you should keep pushing. <laughs> Bill, how did David do in our quiz? Dave came to play. David, congratulations. Congratulations, David. Thank you. Yeah, and, and, and thanks, hey. for, thanks for carting our food around. We need it. Oh, you're welcome. More Reese's. Take care, David. Thanks <laughs> so much for playing. Right now, panel, it is time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Tom, a silver lining to coronavirus this week. With their zoo closed to visitors, pandas in Hong Kong finally took advantage of the privacy and did what? Oh, they uh, they actually made love the old-fashioned way, and um, um, yeah, they got it on. They did, they did. Uh, Ying Ying and Lili, the pandas, have been trying for 10 years, but there was so much pressure with all those people watching. This week, though, with the zoo closed, they made it happen, and it was all captured on camera, delighting and skeeving out animal lovers everywhere. But can you imagine <laughs> what it was like for the pandas, though? The morning after, the guy's like, what's wrong? That was great. And she's like, have you seen Twitter? <laughs> I mean, it really, it's kind of like peak adorable, right? It really is. <laughs> but what's happened to us? Remember, like, just like three weeks ago, we were so excited about penguins walking around an aquarium. Now we're so no, jaded. Now, we're now at... pretty soon it's going to be a gazelle snuff film. <laughs> <laughs> we're insatiable. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I never realized, I guess, that pandas are not exhibitionists. Well, like, they are they so are adorable. Not, like... yeah. Do you think immediately after the male panda was like, oh man, what are we doing? I can't have a kid right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's a pandemic. <laughs> oh. This is actually true. One of the reasons why this is so rare is that the panda mating season season is like three days of the year oh three days of the year and then i was thinking man to be in the mood only three days of the year that'd be terrible and then i was like no actually that would be great <laughs> <laughs> right. so i didn't know pandas were methodist that's really interesting. <laughs> Coming up, it's nobody's fault in our Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. 
This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. With the Capital One Quicksilver card, you earn unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase everywhere. With Quicksilver, there's no limit to how much cash back you can earn. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Credit approval required. Capital One Bank USA, N.A. Let's play some games, everybody. Are you looking for the answer to life's funnier questions? There's naked, and then there's Canadian naked. (laughs) Every week, we blend comedy, trivia, and a special celebrity interview. All right, all right, all right. Ask Me Another from NPR. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Helen Hong, Tom Baudet, and Josh Gundelman. And here again is your host, pretending his dogs count as an audience, Peter Segal. Thank you, Bill. Right now it's time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play our game on the air. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Elsa Zamora calling from the East Village in New York City. Oh my gosh, New York City. We haven't had a a New York City uh, person call us since all this began. How's it going there? It is going. You know, I'm just sitting here sheltered in place, waiting um, to be able to go outside again freely. Well, there you are. And what do you do when you're not uh, confined to your home? I am an education and sales executive for a global skincare and makeup company. So obviously not working right now because I touch people's faces for a living. On the other hand... We're all doing video meetings and get-togethers all the time. So if there's ever been a time for better makeup, it's here. Yeah, you're right. So I should probably start my uh, YouTube channel now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> as soon as we're finished with the game, get on it. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show, Elsa. You're going to play our game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. Bill, what is Elsa's topic? It's Tim's fault. We all have someone in our lives who's always screwing things up. For most of us... It's Jared Kushner. But for someone this week, it was a guy named Tim. Our panelists are going to tell you about somebody who said, it's Tim's fault. Pick the one who's telling the truth and you'll win our prize, the wait waiter of your choice on your voicemail. You ready to play? Yes, I am. All right. Let's hear first from Tom Bodet. Some people rise to meet difficult circumstances with focus and forbearance. Some make a complete mess of things. And sometimes these people live together. Married couple Miranda Carfrey and Tim O'Donnell faced their different approaches to hardship this week when Carfrey, a former triathlon world champion, was competing with her smart bike in the Ironman Virtual Reality Pro Challenge women's race from her home in Colorado. She was second in the race, which was broadcast live on Facebook when Disaster, also known as Tim, struck. Her hapless husband, a fellow triathlete, came into the room, tripped over the cable, and severed her connection to the race. Carfrey kept pedaling for the rest of the 55-mile stage despite falling off the leaderboard because, you know, focus and forbearance. Afterwards, holding up a sign reading, It's Tim's fault, Carfrey explained what had happened over a video call as her husband stood sheepishly beside her. He decided to bring my trophies in here as motivation, she said. When he walked around the back, he kicked out the plug. The three times world Ironman champion tried to see the funny side, and when given the chance to defend her man, she responded as any wife would in these difficult times. What an idiot. A triathlete's 
attempt at a virtual race is ruined when her husband, Tim, trips and pulls out the power cord. Your next story of Tim proper behavior comes from Helen Hong. It's Tim's fault, said Jay Hooper sheepishly as he stood under a spray of water erupting out of his bathroom pipes and flooding his entire condo complex. The Tim in question is a boisterous 65-pound pit bull mix with a profound obsession with toilet paper. If Tim ever got his paws anywhere near toilet paper, he would grab one end and run it all through the house until there was a giant trail of TP through every single room. Then he would shred it to pieces, reported Mr. Hooper, Tim's owner. Tim is such a sweet, gentle boy, but he had some sort of vendetta against toilet paper. He would go full John Wick on it, and it would take us hours to clean up the massacre. So the Hoopers bought a stainless steel bathroom cabinet for the sole purpose of keeping their TP safe and secured it with a childproof lock, which promptly jammed three days into their family's self-imposed quarantine. I tried everything, moaned Mr. Hooper. Screwdrivers, a hammer, even a tire iron wouldn't get the thing open. And since toilet paper has become more precious than gold these days, Mr. Hooper saw only one option. He ordered a reciprocating saw on Amazon and power sawed his way through the stainless steel cabinet and straight through the bathroom wall into the main water line for the building. Luckily, there are only five units in his condo, which made social distancing easier when all his neighbors had to evacuate to let the plumbers in. And in the midst of it, there was Tim, feverishly tearing apart a recently liberated roll of Charmin. Mr. Hooper sighed deeply and said, Maybe instead of a power saw, I should have just bought a stack of newspapers. Tim, a dog, wrecks a house because of his love for toilet paper. Your last story of the trouble with Tim comes from Josh Gondelman. Excerpted from a profile of actor Army Hammer in this month's issue of Vanity Fair. Mr. Hammer, who is very tall, led me into his foyer, which was so resplendent with natural light it felt like no one had ever been sad within a mile of it. At eye level, his, not mine, hung several pieces of art. A small photograph caught my eye. It appeared to be the cast of the film Call Me By Your Name. Hammer, Timothée Chalamet, and I want to say Richard Jenkins, but not him. You know who I mean along with several others who I assumed were either members of the crew or people who won a contest to meet the film's cast. Everyone in the picture looked red-faced and bleary-eyed. I asked Hammer about it. Oh, it's a funny story, actually, he said. Before we took the cast and crew photo, we shot the last scene of the movie, the one where Timothée is sitting in front of the fireplace, gently weeping, and I don't know whether it was his performance or we were all just hungry, but everyone else started crying too. You know how when someone pukes, it makes you want to puke? It was like that. So when we took the picture, everyone looked like they'd just been crying, because they had. It's Tim's fault. As it turned out, a call to a friend in the film's production office revealed the real story. Mr. Hammer had shown up himself on set with two cases of Italian wine, and he insisted everybody break them open before the shoot was finished. So, by the time they got to Tim's final shot, everybody was several Chiantis deep, including Chalamet. Which is why he was crying. He was supposed to be looking wistfully at the fire, but he couldn't hold it together. All right. So, Tim was blamed, Elsa, but the question is, who was Tim and for what? Was it from Tom Bodette, a husband named Tim, who tripped over a power cord, 
costing his triathlete champion wife a chance to win a virtual race. Was it from Helen Hong, Tim, a dog, who led to the wreckage of a house because he just loved toilet paper too much? Or from Josh Gondelman, was it Timothée Chalamet, the actor, blamed falsely and unfairly for a rather hungover cast photo? Which one is the real story? I actually heard about this one this week. It is um, Tom's story about the virtual race. So you believe it is Tom's story about the virtual race that the woman was kicked out of because the power got cut off. Yes. All right. I'm very excited. (laughs) We actually have, to bring you the real story, Tim. Yay. And I walked around the trainer to kind of show her trophies, and I tripped on the power cord and kicked her out of the race. That was Timothy O'Donnell. He is, in fact, an Ironman champion himself, and he is absolute world champion at unplugging his wife's bike at the worst time. Congratulations, Elsa. You got it right. Extremely well done. You earned a point for Tom, and you've won our prize, the voice of your choice on your voicemail. Congratulations, Elsa. Thank you so much. Thank you, and uh, stay safe and don't go nuts. I'll try not to. Thanks, Elsa. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. And now the game where people who have nothing better to do join us for a moment to do nothing better. It's called Not My Job. If you're wondering what you're going to do with those 16 cans of pinto beans in your pantry that somebody told you to buy when all of this started, well, our guest Samin Nasrat is here to help. She's a well-known cooking teacher, the author of the cookbook Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, and host of the Netflix special The Same Name. She has a new podcast called Home Cooking. Samin Nasrat, welcome to Wait, Wait. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, we're very excited to have you. I was amazed to find this out, but uh, you did not, you were not one of those people who grew up cooking and wanting to be a chef or a cookbook person at all, right? No, not at all. I grew up eating. <laughs> well, yes. Well, that is good practice. I, I always loved to eat, and that was definitely my entry into the kitchen. Well, I do too, except I don't have a Netflix special about international cuisine. <laughs> and, and, and I was told that your, your, your life was changed by a single meal. Yeah, when I moved to Berkeley to attend college, my boyfriend and I saved our money for seven months to eat at Chez Panisse, the historic restaurant in Berkeley. And really that meal changed my life. The dessert was chocolate souffle and I'd never had that before. And the server came up to me and she said, how is it? And I said, oh, it's really good, but it would be so much better if I had a glass of cold milk. (laughs) And I was 19 years old at the time. I didn't really know, you know, that that's the, like, totally rude to tell someone in a restaurant how to make your dish better. So she kind of laughed and she brought me a glass of milk and then she also brought us a little taste of dessert wine to teach us the refined accompaniment. Mm. So you, as we know from watching your Netflix special, among other things, have traveled the world to taste and learn about the finest cuisines around the globe. Now you're stuck in your house with the rest of us. How's it going? Um, I mean, I actually really like con- constraint, and I think it makes us more creative. Um, well, yesterday I had two slices of bread with butter and honey for dinner. Yeah, <laughs> you're one of us. You're one of us. While I was running around the garden chasing my dog, like I didn't even sit down. <laughs> one of the things I always assume about like food celebrities like yourself is that when you entertain, you have to impress because it's like Samin Nasrao. She's going to make an amazing meal for us. But since you're eating by yourself, I presume, do you let that go and just like make all the crappy things that you've always like really wanted to make, like homemade SpaghettiOs or whatever it may be? Um, well, I mean, I sort of burnt out on trying to impress people a long time ago. So one delicious thing I had last week was a box of Annie's um, white cheddar and shells mac and cheese with frozen peas, which sit perfectly 
in the shell, you know, they just like, oh, wait a minute. So, 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 <laughs> so you made Annie, you made boxed mac and cheese. Annie's is basically, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, like, it's craft that went to Harvard yeah. and, you, and, and, and you made it and, and then you put in frozen peas. Like at the end, and, you know, they weren't frozen sure. when I was well, eating them. Yes. They were <laughs> <laughs> that garnish. might be the saddest thing. <laughs> Just cold peas. And you were like, oh my God, the pea fits exactly into the little semicircular pasta thing. Totally. And away. then I put like um, this stuff called chili crisp, which is like a Szechuan chili oil that's super crispy and garlicky and yummy on top. So, Ooh. I mean, if it was, you know, the whole thing took eight minutes, but it was... So delicious. But I also would be really happy to serve that to anyone, except I also really like eating the whole thing myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, one of the things we noticed watching your show on Netflix is you have these amazing emotional reactions to food. You'll laugh or you'll almost cry something so delicious. Is, yes. it, it, I assume that's how you really are. You're not putting that Oh, yeah. I don't know how to act. I'm, I'm right. a terrible actor. <laughs> do, you, do you react like that to anything else in real life? Um, almost everything actually. I feel like, oh, oh, my friend had a magician, like a really talented magician at his birthday party last year. And we were all gathered around the dining room table. And I just, I feel like I'm a magician's dream audience member because I'm so, so gullible and so emotive. (laughs) So I'm like... What? <laughs> wow, how did you do that? <laughs> the magician's like, like are you me. making fun of me? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's really my genuine, like really, really my thing. I just have big responses to stuff. I'm not might not be the favorite person you want in the movie theater with you. <laughs> right. I'll keep that in mind. Oh. Well, Samin Nasrat, since you're famous for salt, fat, acid, heat, we thought we'd ask you to play a game we're calling. Crosby, Stills, Nash, Acid, and Heat. (laughs) That's right. That's right. We're going to ask you three questions about Woodstock, the famous music festival. Answer two out of three questions right. You'll win our prize for one of our listeners. Bill, who is Samin Nostrat playing for? Rose Von Hatton of Florescent, Missouri. Oh, my gosh. That is the best name and the best town name. And Rose, I really hope I don't let you down. All right. I I should ask, how are you at, like, Playing games under pressure, do you? Um, get... I'm terrible. <laughs> well, that should be fun. I don't know Let's that I, gonna... I, 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 I'm like deep down incredibly competitive, but I don't want to come off as competitive, so I usually right. just fail at everything. You're speaking well, my that, language. That, that is a solution if yeah. you're worried about beating people. All right, here's your first question. Once the organizers signed the band Creedence Clearwater Revival for the festival, other big acts started signing up too, but. Credence ended up regretting their involvement in Woodstock. Why? Was it A, they were the ones who tried out the famous brown acid? <laughs> B, they were introduced from the stage as credential clearasil revulsion? Or C, their performance slot was 3 a.m.? C, C, C. You're C. exactly right. In okay. addition to having to go on at 3 a.m., uh, John Fogarty, the leader of the band, refused to let themselves be filmed for the movie, which is why nobody even remembers they were there. Oh, my. Yeah. I like that there was a band at Woodstock who didn't want to stay up late. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that would be prime time at that. You'd think. Yeah. Look, free love and drugs, but I get a thing in the morning. So can we wrap this up by like 11? <laughs> Here is your next question. Uh, the band Iron Butterfly did not perform at Woodstock as they were stuck at LaGuardia. They sent a telegram requesting that the festival send helicopters to take them up and back. How did the production coordinator at Woodstock respond to them? 
Did he A, send them tickets for a plane flight to Ontario and four parachutes so they could jump out on the way? B, he sent a telegram back where the first letters of each line spelled out F-U. Or C, he called the band's manager from the stage, held out the phone and said, this is what a band who arrives on time sounds like. Ooh, ooh! I'm gonna go with C again. I'm gonna You're go, go with C, C that he said. This is what that's a band. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. I wanted to. Uh, it's often wise to go with what you want to be true in life and in this game. But in this case, it was in fact B. He sent oh. back a telegram. That's why Iron Butterfly was right. not at Woodstock. Well, All right, we were spared in a Gata de Vida. Where one are you more learning time. this information from? <laughs> oh, I uh, there's a lot of oral histories of Woodstock out there. It was, that's amazing. It was a memorable event, and of course, if you actually if you can remember it, you weren't there. All right, (laughs) here is your last question. If you get this, I mean, you win, so no worries. Here we go. Woodstock was a huge mass of people with insufficient security and facilities, but there wasn't any violence at all except for one incident. What happened? A, two people, very high on LSD, had a sword fight with imaginary swords leading to the loser insisting he was dead for an entire day. B, Pete Townsend of The Who hit Abby Hoffman on the head with his guitar when Hoffman jumped on stage, or see eight people fought over a single roll of toilet paper, leading to some serious paper cuts. I really, again, want it to be A, so I'm going <laughs> to go with A. You're just going to get idea of, like, two people, totally high on LSD, having yeah. a sword fight, <laughs> and, one, and then when it goes, stab, and it goes, ah, oh, I, I am I slain for, like, a day. That's what you think happened. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, fine. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, B, B. Yes, it was B. Pete Townsend hit Abby Hoffman over the head with his guitar. And as far as anybody knows, that was the only physical confrontation at Woodstock. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Bill, oh how did Samin Nasrat do on our quiz? Two out of three, right. I call that a delicious win. <laughs> Samin Nasrat is the author of Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, and her new podcast is called Home Cooking. Samin Nasrat, thank you so much for joining us on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. You're so fun. Thank Take you. Care. Take care. Take care. In just a minute, Bill, leaves something under your pillow in our Listener Limerick Challenge. Call one wait wait to join us on the air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wyzant, your go-to resource for filling the gaps in remote learning. If starting your own homeschool is stressing you out, turn it over to a pro. Tutors on Wyzant have years of expertise across all grades and subjects and can develop personalized lessons and schedules for your family. Book an online lesson today at wiseant.com. Your first hour is covered by Wyzant's Good Fit Guarantee. Love it or it's free. That's W-Y-Z. ANT.com. Saturday morning. Your week was long. Your time is precious. But why not take 10 minutes to catch up on some of the biggest news stories with Up First, NPR's morning news podcast. I'm Scott Simon. And I'm Lulu Garcia Navarro. Up First, here at weekday mornings and now every Saturday at 8 Eastern 2. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago. This is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Tom Bodette, Helen Hong, and Josh Gundelman. And here again is your host, standing six feet away from his mirror just to be safe. 
Peter Segel. Thank you, Bill. In just a minute, Bill says it's Lim's fault in our listener Limerick Challenge. If you'd like to play, give us a call at one triple eight wait wait. That's one triple eight nine two four eight nine two four. And now, as a public service to you, our listeners, we're once again going to take a moment to wash our hands. Now, as you know by now, the best method is with soap and water for 20 seconds. The CDC has just issued a key change to their coronavirus hand-washing guidelines, which Bill will now read in their entirety. Here we go. Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Always gonna wash my hands for 20 seconds. (laughs) Never gonna make you cry. Never gonna say goodbye. Never gonna stand closer than six feet next to you. (laughs) Classic Rickroll. (laughs) Thank you, Bill, and thank you, Centers for Disease Control. We all feel much better. All right, panel, some more questions for you from the week's news. Josh, please listen to this official announcement. A friendly reminder in times of uncertainty and misinformation, anecdotes are not data. Good data is carefully measured and collected information based on a range of subject-dependent factors, including, but not limited to, controlled variables, meta-analysis, and randomization. Now, was that said by A, Dr. Anthony Fauci, B, Bill Gates, or C, Steakums Frozen Steaks. Oh, Steakums has really been on a tear this week. Their Twitter account has really been going to the depths of despair that we all feel. Uh, but that's too long for a tweet. I'm going to go uh, Dr. Fauci. No, it oh. was Steakums. Ah, I was no. so close. <laughs> yeah. It was Steakum's frozen steaks. That was just one of the many tweets they've been putting out about the crisis. A follow-up tweet from Steakum said, quote, People think it's funny when a frozen meat company points out the importance of critical thinking, but chances are the same message would never go viral if it was from a person. Our society values entertainment over truth, and that's a huge problem, said Steakum's frozen <laughs> sandwich meats. Somebody who's working from wow. home at Steakums is in the sauce, don't you think? That's possible. <laughs> is it too late to vote for Steakums in the Democratic primary? Seriously. Easier to chance. Steakums. Steakums. This is such a this is such a uh, like perfect example of how bad the economy's gotten. Like some PhD out there desperately <laughs> needed a job and was like, "Okay, Steakums is hiring. I'm in." Right. Un- <laughs> unemployment's at 10%. I'm going to run the Steakums Twitter account. <laughs> we never knew that Steakums got its name because it was always like, um, actually, if you read the whole article. <laughs> <laughs> Helen, this week, President Trump signed an executive order expanding American mining privileges in what location? Can I have a hint? Yeah, that's one giant leap for gold. Gold, I tell you. Oh, the moon? Yes. If you've ever looked up at the moon and thought, I would like to destroy that. Good news. <laughs> NASA is preparing the Artemis program, and that will send crewed missions to the moon, and they will be mining there. This executive order makes it clear that whatever our astronauts find up there, we can keep. After all, we got there first. As Neil Armstrong clearly said, that's one small step for man, one dibs for Uncle Sam. <laughs> Honestly, we're going to be dominating the universe's supply of that's amore, so I'm for it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Coming up, it's lightning fill in the blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at one triple eight. wait wait that's one 924 8924 or click the Contact Us link on our website, that's waitwait.npr.org. And if you want more Wait Wait in your week, check out the Wait Wait quiz for your smart speaker. It's out every Wednesday with me and Bill asking you questions all in the comfort of your home, the place that you can never leave. Hi, you're on Wait Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi there, friend from the radio. This is Ingrid from Asheville, North Carolina. Hello, friend from Asheville. I happen to love Asheville. What do you do there? I am an emergency room physician assistant. Oh, my goodness. Wow, you're busy. Yeah, so what have you been up to lately? Well, I I had to move out of the main part of my house to the basement, but um, the the biggest downside is I, I just bought a new bidet. And it only fits on the upstairs toilet, so it doesn't doesn't fit my new spot. Who lives upstairs that you don't get to see? I mean, um, you mentioned the bidet, but oh, other people you'd also like to see? Yeah, I got my, 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 my husband, my two dogs. Right. But it's mainly the bidet you're missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It had all these Aww. features. Aww. Now, now the yeah. dogs are using it all day. <laughs> Well, Ingrid, welcome to the show. Bill Curtis is going to read you three news-related limericks with a last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly in two of the limericks, you'll be a winner. You ready to play? Absolutely. Here is your first limerick. New Zealand is keeping their youth airy, where some of them might find the truth scary. Trading cuspids for money's essential work, honey. Don't worry, we still have the... Tooth Fairy. You got that. Very good. During a speech this week, the Prime Minister of New Zealand assured the public there that the Easter Bunny and Tooth Fairy are essential workers and they would be allowed to continue to work during these trying times. Special precautions will be taken uh, during home visits. The Easter Bunny will use paw sanitizer. The Tooth Fairy will wear a mask and gloves while she checks inside sleeping children's mouths. Visits from the Easter Pandas, though, are on hold until they stop doing it <laughs> we don't even have enough like actual medical equipment and they're they're bringing on the tooth fairies still <laughs> bernie come back i guess <laughs> all right here is your next limerick a deposit most people recoil at is quite right for this seat so don't spoil it while it rests ere i flush to the dock i won't rush because i got diagnosed by my Toilet. Yes. yes. And I know this is bittersweet because it might be putting you out of a job. <laughs> Scientists at Stanford have developed a new smart toilet that uses sensors to monitor your health and provide early warning of potential diseases using what you put into the toilet. It sounds great. But how does the toilet know it's you who are depositing a sample rather than a family member or anybody else? Well, allow me to read from the press release. Quote, to fully reap the benefits of the smart toilet, users must make their peace with a camera that scans their anus. No. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. This is the price of progress. Because it turns out, you know how everybody's fingerprints are unique? Yes. Turns out that is also true of other parts of your body. They're very distinct. That's how the toilet tells whose data it is registering. I tried one of those diagnosing toilets, and it told me that I'd been dead for hours and that I'm a goldfish. So I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and I thought the future was going to have flying cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be a great episode of the Jetsons? <laughs>
All right, here is your last limerick. By my flock I've been left in the lurch. For new pews I have put out a search. So we meet on the street, spaced apart at six feet. We shall meet in my new drive-in. Church. Yes, church. Just when you thought this whole self-isolation thing would get you out of church, drive-in church is here. It's a great way to get your family out of the house. Come on, kids, we're getting in the car. Oh, are we going to the mall or a restaurant? No. We're going to sit in the car in a giant parking lot and listen to a sermon. It's the church's way, of course, to get around social distancing restrictions for Easter, and it'll feel just like seeing a drive-in movie, except this time, if you go to second base with your high school sweetheart, you go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) I I saw a picture this week. They set up like a plastic garden shed in front of a church in New York so that people could give confession. The priest was in the garden shed, Mm -hmm. and people would come kneel next to it. And I just thought that I grew up. I grew up Catholic. That would have made it so much more interesting. I, I'm worrying, though, Tom, about a confession booth in which you have to shout across a distance of six feet. <laughs> I fold around with Mark in accounting. <laughs> your wife's the next in line. Like, oh. sorry, Father, I lied five times, and your wife's out on the parking lot. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, how did Ingrid do in our quiz? It was a big win for Ingrid, 3-0. and Congratulations, Ingrid. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Ingrid. Take care and thank you for the work you do. I hope you get to go upstairs yeah. and use that toilet really soon. <laughs> this message comes from NPR sponsor BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who specialize in issues such as abortion, depression, stress, anxiety, and more. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment when you need professional help. Get help at your own time and your own pace. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Visit BetterHelp.com wait to learn more and get 10% off your first month. Now on to our final game, Lightning Fill-in-the-Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as they now can. Each correct answer is worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? Josh has three, Helen has four points, and Tom is in the lead with six points. All right, well, this is exciting. Okay, Josh, you're in third place. You're up first. The clock will start when I begin your first question. Fill-in-the-blank. Here we go. On Thursday, British Prime Minister Blank was moved out of intensive care. Boris Johnson. Right. On Wednesday, Stephanie Grisham left her post as the White House blank. Press secretary. Right. This week, two people filed suit against search giant blank for collecting students' biometric data. Google. Right. This week, a man in the UK caught with a duffel bag full of weed explained that he wasn't trying to sell it. He was blanking. Holding it for a friend. (laughs) Just buying in bulk because of the lockdown. On Thursday, (laughs) astronaut Chris Cassidy arrived safely at the blank. International Space Station? Right. On Tuesday, Grammy-winning folk icon Blank passed away at the age of 73. John Prine. Right. A driver in China had to pull into a fire station for help after noticing he had Blank stuck to his windshield. A bird. No, an angry four-foot-long snake. The man was shocked (laughs) when he discovered the snake crawling up his windshield, but not as shocked as the snake, who thought this was his Uber. After (laughs) firemen removed him from the windshield, the snake thanked them and then asked if he could eat the cat they had just rescued from that tree. Bill, how did Josh Gondelman do in our quiz? Josh had five right for ten more points. He now has 13 points in the lead. All right, very well done, Josh. Okay, Helen, you are up next. Please fill in the blank. 
On Wednesday, officials in China officially lifted the lockdown in the city of blank. Wuhan. Right. According to a report released this week, one in three tenants did not pay blank in April. Rent. Right. A museum employee spent his lockdown building an art museum at home for his blank. His dog. His gerbils. Dogs don't like art. Gerbils do. (laughs) On Sunday, a blank at the Bronx Zoo tested positive for coronavirus. A tiger. Yes. Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and Kobe Bryant were the big names selected to be inducted into the blank. Basketball Hall of Fame. Right. This week, a group of nudists in the Czech Republic were fined by police for blanking. Putting on clothes? For not wearing face masks. While (laughs) pants may not be mandatory in the Czech Republic, face masks definitely are, which is why police were called in to deal with a group of nude sunbathers who weren't wearing proper protective gear. So, (laughs) if you're ever wondering which of your neighbors is secretly a nudist, just look for the one with a really distinctive tan line around their mouth. (laughs) Bill, how did Helen do in our quiz? Well, she had four right for eight more points. She now has 12 points. One behind Josh, who still has the lead. All right. So how many, then, does Tom need to win? Tom needs four to win. All right. Tom, this is for the game. Fill in the blank. On Tuesday, President Trump removed the watchdog who was leading the oversight of the $2.2 trillion blank fund. Siri, on Tuesday, President Trump... (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to take advantage of our... um, uh, the, you know, the big bailout. The yeah, for the coronavirus crisis, right. sure. Yeah. Despite an emergency declaration from the governor, Blank held in-person voting on Tuesday. Wisconsin. Right. This week, Allstate announced they would return premiums because no one is blanking. Nobody is um, paying them. No, nobody is driving. On Thursday, long-running sketch show Blank announced they would be returning with a remote episode this weekend. Um, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. No, Saturday Night Live. With sports on indefinite hiatus, desperate gamblers have started to bet on blank. The coronavirus. No, they've started to bet on reality TV competitions. Did I get every single one wrong? I'm just curious. It's possible. Sports (laughs) fans are filling the gambling-shaped hole in their wallets by betting on reality shows like Top Chef, which is a great way to both lose money and remind yourself what real food looks like. Bookies are taking bets on everything from who will be eliminated to what the challenges will be, but contestants are reminded that throwing the game here can also mean getting salmonella. Bill, (laughs) did uh, Tom do well enough to win? No. Well, he got two, right? Hey, that's something. Four more points, total of ten. That means Josh is this week's winner. (laughs) Congratulations, Josh. Was that obvious that I threw the game to Josh? I mean, <laughs> this I, is like quiz show, but the Jew wins. <laughs> In just a minute, we're going to ask our panelists. Since Dr. Anthony Fauci says coronavirus may mean the end of handshaking forever, what will we replace it with? Wait, wait, don't tell me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions, Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Godica writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our house manager is Gianna Capadona. Our intern is Emma Day. Our web guru is Beth Novi. B.J. Lederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dernboss, and Lillian King. Our Lillian Queen is Peter Gwynn. Nichols is coming for your fingernails in the night. Technical direction is from Lorna White. Her business and ops manager is Colin Miller. Our production manager is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Chillog, and the executive producer, wait, wait, don't tell me, is Mike Danforth. Now, panel, what will replace handshaking in our society? Tom Bodette. 
Well, handshaking was originally meant to hold out your sword hand, and, and the other one holds out his sword hand to show that you were not going to attack them. So now, when we meet one another, we will each grab our own face masks and pull them out and snap them back is a way of saying that you're not going to cough on them. <laughs> Helen Hong. Yeah. Waving squares of toilet paper at each other. The more you like someone, the more squares you wave. <laughs> and Josh Gondelman. Uh, firm eye contact while both parties say, stay back. <laughs> well, if any of that happens, panel, we'll ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Tom Bodette, Helen Hong, and Josh Gondelman. Thanks to all of you for listening, letting us into your homes. Hey, somebody got in. I'm Peter Sagal, and we'll see you next week. This is NPR.